Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. We've got a great show lined up for you. In the world of cybersecurity, there is like a million different things that you could be doing. And sometimes it's really hard to decide where to go study or what to study first. And especially when there's a price tag associated with it. Listen, everybody's got finite resources and choosing how to spend them on developing yourself, breaking into cybersecurity, advancing yourself in the field. It, it, it can be tricky. And one of the ways that John Strand, Black Hills Information Security, Anti-Siphon, that whole group of wonderful people, one way that they're disrupting the industry is just removing from the calculus the financial burden and decision on whether or not to move forward with particular training because of you're trying to calculate the return on investment. And that's what we're going to be digging into today. We're going to talk to John about his pay what you can model, his three courses across it. We're going to be focusing specifically on the upcoming one in January, which I'm, I'll am uh, i be attending and I'm particularly excited about, honestly. Um, so John, we'll, we'll bring him in in just a second. If you don't know John Strand, he is a practitioner in the industry. He knows the red side. He knows the blue side. He's been around for a minute and he contributes to the industry uh, more than most people that I like I know of, right? Sans instructor, the, the whole the whole work. So we're going to get into that. We will be doing our five question segment. So look forward to that and all the fun John Strand buzzer options that I've developed. And we will be having a raffle, uh, giving away a couple great items today. So stay tuned. Let's have some fun and go get let's get John. Okay. Hey John, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. I like how we have to pretend like we just saw each other and we haven't been like, you know, talking for the past five, 10 minutes. But no, it's awesome to be here. No, I love it. I love it. And just a reminder for everybody in chat, if you want to ask a question to John or myself or, you know, for us to bring up, just put a cue with a period at the beginning of your question so I know that it's for us and I can bring it into chat. So, John, I, I kind of teased it up in the, in the intro, but um, the pay what you can model for education, what, what, what is the motivation behind that? Uh, the motivation was kind of a weird way of getting here. And I, I, for the record, I know we're not the first people ever to do pay what you can. Um, we just kind of, it, it's snappy, turns into an acronym, we ran with it. So ultimately, what we were trying to deal with, with uh, Wild West Hacking Fest and our training Right whenever COVID hit, we moved to online training and we got all of these requests from different groups. And it was about, you know, how can we increase diversity in computer security? And, you know, you would say, okay, we can bring more African-American voices to the industry. How do we bring more women to the industry? And all that kind of, whenever we're talking about giving away things like scholarships, it doesn't sit right with me. It really doesn't. And, and I know some people will get offended right away. Just let me finish. If you look at it, if I start doing scholarships for African-Americans, um, for me personally, Native Americans is a big deal because of South Dakota, where I was born and raised. Then you have, I have employees that are Pacific Islanders. Um, you have people that are LGBTAQ. You have people that are growing up in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains in the United States, and they have no access to really good cyber education and they could be standard white guys, right? You have somebody that's a single mom that's working two jobs to make ends meet and they desperately want to do something else. And this gets into this weird thing where you wanna help everybody, but you can't, right? Because we keep on trying to put things into these compartments and try to do these certain things. So basically what 
what we started with is I, I just basically said, hey, screw it. This became a really contentious conversation. I'm like, drop the barriers for everybody. What if we actually did training and it was pay what you can, you show up to the front door. I don't care about your background. If you are working two jobs just to make ends meet, if you are doing trucking, um, long haul trucking in the United States, if you're a, if you're African-American, if you're Native American, Pacific Islander, um, doesn't matter. I don't care. Just come. Let's take this down. Because whenever you're looking at barriers, for whatever reason that you may have barriers in life, almost all the time whenever it comes to education, the barrier is consistently money. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where you're coming from and you're trying to get into this industry, money is that barrier. What if we removed it? And we had a lot of people that were like, oh, people are going to take advantage of that. People are going to be like, oh, you're a sucker. I'm going to take this class for free. They could totally afford it. And they're going to just, you know, they're going to take it and they're going to take advantage of you. I was like, let's do it anyway. Screw it. Let's see what happens. You know, let's not assume the worst of people. Let's assume the very best. And we were right. You know, the first time that we did it, we had something like 5,000 people show up. That's astronomical. I've never taught anything at that scale with labs and everything that we did. And we had, just like we were hoping, we had this amazing diversity of people all over the place coming in and getting their start in computer security. I mean, it was incredibly humbling. And on top of it, you know, this sounds a little bit harsh, but we made money. So it wasn't one of these things where you were horribly taken advantage of and we lost tons of money because we were giving stuff away for free. We actually made money. We did really well. And the next time that we did it, we made money again. It was kind of funny. We had some people that came back and they didn't pay the first time, but they got a job in computer security and they came back the next time and then they paid. So I fundamentally believe that people in their hearts are good. And with this, we're finding out that the vast, overwhelming majority of people are good. And there's a ton of people that are just looking for an opportunity to get started in this industry. And all they need is the education. All they need is a chance and it's working. Um, so if I can be that on-ramp to information security as a career and they get started in cybersecurity or core skills and they want to get started on it, I'm going to take that opportunity. And I, 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 I like this, you know, um, uh, Secure Ideas is doing this. Uh, Kevin Johnson. It's his birthday today, by the way. Um, if you go on Twitter and you basically say happy birthday to Kevin Johnson, I would appreciate it. Uh, but Secure Ideas and Kevin Johnson, they're doing their classes now, pay what you can. So we now have a model. We have something different that we can do instead of having, you know, just this, this horrible capitalistic idea of trying to suck as much money as you can out of something, giving back to the community. And the weird thing is you can still make money and be successful at it. So it's nothing but positives all the way across the board. Yeah. And I, and I love that it's not, you know, it, it's really interesting, but I really love that it's not free. It's not, this course is $0. It's pay what you can, which kind of puts the, I don't want to call it the burden, but puts the decision onto the student to determine what can you pay and, and, yeah. and be honest with yourself and know that you are included regardless of what that number is. Cause it's not like it's posted or something like that. It's just, no. it's just it. And, and, and I feel like if you pay a little bit, like no matter what, even if it's like a dollar, you're still kind of committing, you're making a commitment uh, to do it. It is. And you know what you talk about, like that, like you talk about something small, let's say $25. I think for a lot of us that are in the industry, we look at $25 and it's like, well, anybody can pay $25. And I, I know a lot of people that are listening, the recorded or the live session of this, 
you know, we had backgrounds where we were poor. You know, I was blue collar growing up. I remember living in a house that's the size of my living room today with a wood burning stove. That's all we had for heat. And uh, my dad was in Korea with the uh, National Guard. My mom was a lunch lady. And we had like no money at all. So even $25 was a, an, a huge expense. Like we would go out to Hardee's in some mornings, like once a month, and we would have like their little biscuits uh, that they would give away if you bought something else. My mom would buy a coffee and we'd all get biscuits. That was a huge splurge for us. And I think we lose sight that there are people who are amazing, hardworking, brilliant people. The $25 is a hell of a commitment. And we just need to recognize that. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I love that it's it's like a like obviously you can have immediate impact on someone's life, but the long term impact for our industry is really something that you you don't see immediately. But I I really truly believe it's going to have value because with with the diversity and not just you know um, ethnic diversity, but background, socioeconomic, religion, exactly. you know everything is going to make the practitioners in the space that much more you know well versed and well rounded. Well, and I want to talk about the diversity thing a little bit, because uh, in some circles, I have people that come up and talk to me and they're like, John, you're woke. We're talking about diversity. And they'll say, explain to me how diversity will solve anything. And I always like to use the example of like music. Okay. If you look at music, traditionally, uh, music has a tendency of stagnating. Um, you look at popular music, it's just very much packaged. It's bubblegum. It's not very interesting. But whenever you have infusions of different cultures, like you, you take um, African rhythms and you mix it with techno and you come up and you drop death metal on top of it, damn, that's something very, very, very interesting, right? It allows you to basically create solutions to problems that you didn't even know existed. And then you talk about socioeconomic status. Let's talk about you know, diversity moving away from things like race and religion. Um, if we talk about growing up, like I grew up in the Midwest, I have a bunch of cows, so I do a little bit of farming. You have people in the Midwest that can make an entire tractor work with duct tape and bailing wire. We joke about that all the time. That joke is real. I've seen it, people. So by having people that have encountered different problems based on their cultural, socioeconomic backgrounds, overcame those problems, they bring those types of solutions to the table. And if we're talking about politics, most security problems are political folks. It's not a matter of just technology. So the more voices, the more backgrounds that you can bring to the table, the more possible tools you have to deal with political things, reaching out to certain people and getting our message across appropriately. That's why I love, uh, you know, podcasts and webcasts like this one. I mean, more the better, right? You know, we got like yourself, John Hammond, Cyber Mentor, um, we have all these people out there and it's not a matter of this is better. This is better. It's just, you can come into this space on YouTube and you can find somebody that's going to resonate with you, not resonate with the most people, but resonate with you individually. And mm -hmm. that's what's going to get us to where we need to be in the industry. Yeah. And I, I love just how inclusive our community has become. It I wasn't that way. That. It was not <laughs> that way, but yes, I love it now. So, so um, you know, Ola, Ola Watson, uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that, asks a good question. And it's a nice segue for, for me, John. So we're talking about pay what you can. But can we actually talk about, I guess, why you chose the three courses that you did? And then we'll, we'll dig into uh, active defense cyber deception afterwards. You bet. 
So the active defense cyber deception class that's starting in a couple of weeks is one of those classes. So if you want to know how to create traps for an attacker, if you want to know how to get attribution on an attacker, like we can attribute an attacker within 20 meters of where they're at, come to that class, right? Because it's amazing and it lightens up people's eyes because most of what we're doing now in the world of defense is the same crap that we were doing 15 years ago. You know, intrusion detection, antivirus. Now they've got next generation or maybe artificial intelligence with it, but it's many of those same tools. Whenever you encounter deception, I'll give you one example. Create a user in your Active Directory environment that's a Honey user. Create the user account, log into that account with a really long password, uh, set it so it doesn't expire, and then set a rule in your SIM that if anybody tries to log in as that account, it's going to generate an alert. You can do that with the user account, do that with the service account that may appear to be Kerber roastable. All of a sudden you have an amazing tripwire in your environment, zero cost to you. So that's what we do in cyber deception. And that is a pay what you can class. Uh, the other two are very much entry level classes. Intro to SOC is intro to Linux, intro to Windows, intro to TCP IP, basic level incident response skills that you would have to have if you're working in a security operations center. And then the next class is intro to security. We take 11, 11 things instead of you know, looking at NIST 853 and saying, oh my gosh, there's 500 pages here. We say these are the 11 things that you should do to defend your network. Not ignoring all of that other stuff, but these are the key things like you know, using application allow listing, internet allow listing, uh, doing adversarial emulation, continuous testing, um, basically building that into your program or building that into your program, these are the 11 things that you need to do as kind of triage. And the reason why we chose these three classes is they're, they're the three that I teach. Um, I don't want to throw any other instructors onto the pyre of whatever kind of crazy thing that we're doing. And I'm, I'm buying financially, you know, BHIS and what we're doing on the training and the support that we're getting from the community is great. Right now, I, I want to make sure that I make an impact in the industry um, on my time on this earth. And um, I want to make sure that, you know, whenever I look back on my life, I can make sure that I actually did something helping the industry. Uh, so those classes are my classes. Some other instructors, ironically enough, uh, former SANS instructors are talking about doing the exact same thing. Uh, but it's basically... Uh, we just want to do the best we can for the industry because we're outgunned. I mean, we're down 1.5 million professionals in the industry and we aren't going to get there with super expensive security training. We're going to get there with grassroots. Uh, we're going to get there with YouTube. We're going to get there with pay what you can training. And I always look at it as success. Dude, if you take my class and you get a job and they send you to a SANS 504, which I was a previous author of, that's my definition of success. You want it life. Everything else after that is nothing but side quests. Yeah. And, you know, I know results may vary, right? But um, can you kind of share, I, I, we talked about it at some point in a conversation we've had about how, how taking a class that you teach could have positive impacts on individuals and the way that that training is perceived by employers. So it's kind of weird. There's, there's a good aspect and there's a bad aspect of it. Um, one of the good aspects was I didn't expect the turnaround to be as fast as it's been. Um, I was expecting the lead time for me teaching these classes and people getting jobs to be like a year, year and a half. I would start hearing about it. Um, I ran into three people at uh, Way West Hacking Fest in Reno, Nevada last year, and they all got a job. They said, I took your class. I went to the cyber range. I did these things. 
and I literally got a job. I was in the interview and I mentioned John Strand training and they lit up and they were like, wow, okay, well, let's talk. That was a bit of a surprise, um, especially whenever some of my peers and competitors in the industry were hiring people that have been through the classes. Um, and I don't mean competitors in a bad way. They're really good friends of mine. I know Secure Ideas hired one of my former students and that was a shock. It was actually a real shock that it was that fast. Um, the other thing that's bad about that is I have this fear that it's almost like a good old boy club. It's like, oh, well, I know John Strand. You took something from John Strand's uh, you know, curriculum. We're going to hire you. Not excited about that, but I'll take whatever it can get. Um, I know it's like Jason uh, Blanchard, uh, Banjo Crashland on Twitter. He helps people build their resumes and go out and get jobs. And right now, I think he's at 160 people he has helped get jobs in this industry. So it starts small, right? But it continues to grow. And we are actually seeing that return on investment. My other thing that's kind of shocking to me is we have uh, organizations like Huntress who are now sponsoring our pay what you can sock training. And like they're helping us out financially in doing this. And they're sending their analysts through. And other companies are buying batches of like 25, 30 seats uh, to send their people through. And that's heartwarming. That basically says that we're doing something right. We just got to keep it up. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that. Um, you kind of said it a, a couple times already, but I just love, and I feel like I, I'd like to think that I'm part of this too. Like I love that our community doesn't see people who do the same thing as us as competitors. They see it as people who can, they are championing the same causes that they are championing. And, oh, and, yeah. and you can share in the, in the, the victory together, you know? Well, and, and I think that that's a key point, you know, you look at it. So there's two ways to look at things, right? Um, and this analogy has been used a lot. You can say, well, the pie is only so big. And if you get a piece of the pie, then I don't get that piece of the pie. And we're going to fight like hell over that piece of that pie. Or you can look at it as the more we help each other, the bigger the pie gets, right? Um, I'll, you know, use Dave Kennedy, Kevin Johnson, uh, Chris Nickerson, um, you know, Malware Jake, all these people. These are people that are friends of mine, Right. Um, these are people that I've, you know, I, I've gone drinking back with back whenever I was drinking. I don't remember some of those times, but, um, these are people that I've cried with whenever there's been tragedy. These are people that I've helped their company when they were in need and they've helped me out. So we don't look at it in this concept of if you win, I lose. If I win, you lose. We're always helping each other out. I mean, Dave Kennedy and I will literally be going back and forth talking about how we're running our companies and doing things. If we go head to head and I win a contract, first person that picks up the phone and thanks me, or not, that doesn't thank me, but says congratulations is Dave and vice versa for him as well. So we know that there's a small group. And if any one of us wins, the industry wins because they're getting good, you know, security consulting. They're getting great SOC services from something like binary. They're getting a great web app assessment from secure ideas. These are the things that we need to be doing in this industry to build each other up. Because like I said, this freaking pie is infinite. We, it's a game of hungry, hungry hippo with 400 marbles. Let's not get petty. Um, and it's just a sad place if we start letting that happen. Yeah, I need to, I need to uh, make a drop on demand for the, for the buzzer options, saying the cybersecurity is a game of hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah. So, so John, um, and I do see your questions in chat. I've been flagging them. We will, we will answer your questions, guys. John, so we've talked about the the course and what it does and how it can help and everything. But can you can you dig into specifically active defense 
uh, and cyber deception? Like, like what, what does it look like? Is it, is it labs? Is it text? Is it lectures? Like what, what's it look like? So there's a lot of labs, a lot of hands-on. In fact, I've got it out on my GitHub repository. You can go and you can look at all my labs that I have there. Um, Strand.js, go to intro labs, go in there and look around. I don't, I don't care. It's great. Um, once again, I'm not like, this is my intellectual property. It's like, check it out. If you like it, come hang out. Um, so there's lots of hands-on. I think for the cyber deception class, there's 11 labs over two days. So our labs are as simple as creating an infinitely, direct, uh, infinitely recursive directory for a web server. So if somebody crawls your web server, it just keeps giving them random links and it can crash a web crawler to creating honey accounts in places like LinkedIn or an active directory, um, creating fake services using various types of honeypots for like SSH and web honeypots and things of that nature. And we also get to talking about the legalities of it. Um, we talk about legal cases like drone hacking camp versus the United States or Susan Clements Jeffrey versus Absolute Software, United States versus Wallet Act. We go through all of these different cases to kind of establish the point core of how we can do cyber deception appropriately. And then we tie in MITRE. MITRE has a whole framework designed around, you know, active defense and cyber deception. And we cross, cross reference that through everything that we do in this class. So somebody that goes through it, number one, gets immediate active defense, cyber deception, things they can implement in their environment right now for free without going and spending a lot of money. They get a framework where they can talk to management and say, you know, MITRE says this is something we should do. It's not just some crazy guy in his basement on the internet. We can tie all of that together and people can establish a good framework because seriously, um, whenever we're doing pen tests at BHIS, whenever we hit cyber deception, it kicks our ass. And that's what we want to do. Because every time you do that, it makes a pen tester or a hacker cry and pen tester tears make the best wine. So let's make that happen. I love it. So a couple of questions are coming in. Uh, one thing that uh, people are asking is, well, there's a couple of questions specifically. One is um, they, they're going to the training and this particular training has a minimum cost of $25. No, so no, it doesn't. It doesn't actually. No, if you go to that site, um, there's a link. Um, it's right above the cost. And it says, if you want something, click here and send an email. If you send an email to that email address, it will immediately send you a discount code and another link that gets you into the class for free. Um, so no, it's not minimum $25. If you look right above it here, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I, I've got it right here, John. I can. Oh, I you can do have it. it. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So it is, there is a link there. It's right, it's right up above where we start having the cost of 25, 50, 100. You do that, go through those things and you're going to get the class for free. Is this, is this the right site or is this the wrong site? No, let me go through, let me find it for you. And I'll put out a link here real quick. Yeah, sorry. I know, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to recognize Base and Tom uh, in chat, the mods who are dropping the links to all that. I thought I had the right one uh, lined up, oh. but... No worries at all. So I'm going to go through you score yeah. schedule. Let's go register. And um, I'm waiting for you it to share, load. Do you want to share your screen, John? Sure can. All right. It says for tuition assistance, please click here. Um, and if you click there, it's going to take you to where you let me see. It's to share. We do just this window, StreamYard, there we go. All right, so you can see right here, 
we have the pricing, pay the minimum 25, 15, 95, and then you get cyber range access at 195. But right here, it says for tuition assistance, please click here. And what it's going to do um, is it's going to basically take you to a different place where you can get a free training seat. Excellent. All right. So th uh, thank you for answering that. And hopefully that addresses uh, those individuals who had some concerns about that. Another mm -hmm. question that uh, I'm not going to pull someone's question up specifically, but I'm seeing a lot of various questions around this is, mm -hmm. is it, is it, um, do you need to attend it live or can you go at your own pace, watch videos? Yep. Like what's the options? So we have a lot of people international that show up live and they're like, it's 2am. They don't yeah, come back. Right. Uh, because right, right they here. find out, oh, no, no, um, it, this is not EU friendly. On a bike, if you look at the training I'm doing next week, which is intro to SOC training or intro to security and MITRE, I'm doing it at 4 a.m. my time specifically for you EU folks. So nice. check that out. We've got you covered. We're going to be doing EU times on a bike. Uh, we're going to be covering you. But the entire class is recorded. So the students can go through and not show up, sleep, get up the next morning, pop up the video in Discord, walk through the entire class. All the labs are self-contained. They work forever. Um, so there's absolutely no reason for you to actually be present when it actually occurs. So no, we've got, we've got you covered in the EU and APAC. We've got you. Yeah, not, not, not necessarily a question, but I did find it a funny play on words for cyber deception. Uh, Matt Clavelli is defining it <laughs> as the, ah. the, great, the great inability here. <laughs> so, um, sorry, it took me a second to get Matt's joke, uh, but he's absolutely right. Um, so what, what it is, is everybody is hiring, but everybody's hiring unicorns. Um, mm -hmm. So right now there's a skill disparity in the industry where we have a bunch of people that are getting started in security. They're going in there buying book. They're doing some intro stuff and they don't even have the basics and fundamentals. Like they don't understand Linux. They don't understand Windows command line. They'll talk to you about Metasploit all day long, right? Because they did that in class or something. So what this class is really trying to do is get people to the point where, seriously, for our security operations center at Black Hills Information Security, if you can speak to the two things in intro to SOC and intro to security and you're competent, um, if we're hiring, you're hired. Uh, so really, these are the things that people will hire. But I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it, there's tons and tons and tons of jobs and people applying for them. But honestly, what we're seeing, I'll, I'll give you an example. We are hiring for a SOC analyst position and a pen tester position advertised on Indeed. And in a week, I got 100 applications and I had three of those applications that actually met the minimum requirements for the pen testing side. And I maybe had four or five that met our minimum requirements for SOC analysts. Out of all of those people that applied, they didn't even have the basic cores and fundamentals. So I can look at that and complain and be like, oh, it must be the millennials. Um, or what I can do is start offering pay what you can training and get these people trained up. So the next time it comes around, they're ready. So one topic that is, uh, I, I feel like at least on simply cyber, um, is kind of a hot button topic and discussed quite often is the current climate, the current cybersecurity industry climate, um, valuing practical skills versus college degree versus certification. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've got some strong opinions on this. Um, not, not to lead you, but John, like what, what are your thoughts around the value of college degrees for practitioners uh, and, and defining it as a candidate in an interview versus uh, practical skills and, and, you know, frankly, things that you might learn at a pay what you can training? 
Awesome. So I'm going to tell you that 90% of the college degree programs that are out there are absolutely garbage. So it's easy for me just to say that and kind of, you know, just kind of light the bridge on fire and walk away. But let's talk about some good examples, right? Um, if you're looking at some good examples, one of the best examples out there is Dakota State University. And I know that I'm throwing, throwing out there to DSU. Uh, you might be a little biased on that. But I remember whenever DSU, I think his name was Polly. I can't remember the yeah, guy. Josh Polly. Josh Polly. When he was first getting started and trying to work and set some of these things up, he was just one of the people that I met. Um, and then a lady's name, I can't remember her name. Oh, I completely spaced it. Ashley Prodvosky? Ashley. Um, they were really focused on making sure that whenever they built that curriculum, it was around applicable skills that people needed to do. It wasn't like this weird computer security thing where it's a professor that's been working on hard drive rotational versus seek delay algorithms for his entire career, all of a sudden decided to start talking about computer security. Um, they actually went right to where organizations need skills and they started filling those skills. And their faculty is absolutely amazing. So DSU is way high. So what I'm going to recommend you do is this. DSU is not the only one. I'm not going to rip on any universities. I'm not going to talk about specific universities. But I want you to look at what DSU is doing. And then when you're looking at other universities, I want you to see if the universities you're looking at has a program that's like DSU. So you use it as a template. And as you're looking at other universities, if all of a sudden the university is like, we build our entire curriculum around the CISSP, run fast, <laughs> far, far away from that. Look at what the professors are doing. If they're like, well, we basically came up with this advanced sorting algorithm. I remember there's this one university Professor sat me down, PhD, he had the beard, he had everything. He's like, I got this idea. So what I want to do is I want to watch network traffic. And as soon as I see an attack string, then what I'm going to do is actually generate an alert because attacks do like very consistent things. And if I could basically create this system to detect attacks on the network, um, that, that'd be great. Right. And I'm like, what are you, what are you calling that? He's calling it IP shadowing. Like, have you heard of intrusion detection? He goes, that would be a good name for it too. Didn't even know about the state of the industry and what it was and what it's doing. Yeah. Also, adjunct professors are awesome. Uh, watch for adjunct professors that are actually doing stuff in the industry. I hate to rip on the tenure system, but let's do that. It sucks. It's horrible. It may work really good for theoretical physics or English or all of these things. When you're in an industry that changes month to month to month, if there's a lot of adjunct professors that are teaching in that program that have real jobs doing what they are teaching, you're going to have a good program. And I would say that for certification as well. If you're taking a certification class and that, pro or that professor, the instructor isn't actually in the field giving presentations, releasing tools out there doing what they're teaching, take a class from somebody else. Uh, so mm. get, in, get as close as you can in proximity to the people that are on the front lines and you'll do well. I, uh, I can't help but feel slightly flattered since I have two degrees from Dakota State and I'm an adjunct faculty. So yeah, I'm well, feeling, I, feeling pretty I, good I, about have myself. You gotten, have you gotten Brian uh, in your class yet from BHIS yet? He's getting his uh, doctorate from there. So no, 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 no. I, I, I graduated uh, two years ago. Um, oh. but, but, you know, it, it's a, it's a great program. I absolutely, uh, there's multiple videos on simply cyber about the PhD cyber ops program. Uh, oh, it's awesome. on simply cyber. 
Um, in fact, you like fun fact for you, John, and maybe the audience. The first time I ever met you or found out who you were uh, was at DakotaCon 2016. You were yeah. you gave a talk uh, and like very high energy. And it was it, like, I wish I could find the talk online because it was awesome. You basically talked about like Super Mario Brothers as the way that uh, anti, you know, defensive mechanisms would stop you, but you would just plow oh, yeah. through. Yep. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was like everything I knew about. No, um, If I Woke Evil was that presentation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no, that, DakotaCon is awesome. I, I'm hoping after COVID I can get back out there. Uh, but yeah, boy, talk about a lineup. In. Holy crap. Yeah. Like DakotaCon, there was a pizza place downtown. And I remember sitting at this pizza place, like the only place that's open, right? Yeah. And uh, we're sitting around and it's like the table is lined up. You got like Egypt, Dave Kennedy. I'm there. I'm like, this is this is like Kung Fu Panda and the Furious Five. It's like an amazing lineup. It's just just pull out all the stops and it's great. It, w it was a great conference. Um, so uh, getting kind of back to the topics here, Kimberly asks, uh, you know, is there an order that, you know, people should take the three courses if they were going to run the run the the, the the table, if you will? So all of my classes, the instructions are very step by step, like, you know, run sudo space su space minus run this command, copy and paste. So if you want to learn cyber deception, join in. It's not next week, but the week after. Uh, but the, so what happened is I had the deception class, which is my heart. That's just what I what I love to do. And uh, we also had the intro to security class. But we had people that were coming in. They're like, what? Command line? Wh what do you mean? So the intro to SOC was really trying to ramp people up. So if you're new, you're just getting started, the command line scares you, and you're like, the dark place, make it stop. Uh, then intro to SOC is going to be a great on-ramp for you. And like I said, starting in February, we're going to have all of our classes are going to be in on-demand. So if we have a cyber deception class coming up, and you're like, I want to ramp up, you can go and take it on demand before you actually get there too. So yeah, it, it, there, there is supposed to be an order, SOC, intro to security, and then cyber deception. But if you're fairly comfortable with some of the basics and using a command line, jump right in, hit deception. Yeah, and it might even, I, I could argue that it might even like expose you to a bunch of stuff. And then when you go through the other two, you'll already have kind of seen where the fences are you know, yeah. per se, and, and have that context. So you just mentioned something, John, that uh, answers another question, but if you could reiterate it, is is previous trainings available in some type of VOD uh, format? Sit, sit tight, February. Um, I have somebody that's coming in and taking all of our classes, not just mine, when um, we're moving it into Brightspace. Now, they won't be full pay what you can because Brightspace charges me for people to take my classes. So there is going to be a price around that. I, I can teach for free in my basement. That's easy. You know, we, we're paying for go to webinar and Zoom licenses. We're ready to go. Uh, but the archived, uh, they will be available and it's going to be on Brightspace and it's going to be February. We're hoping to launch with about 15 classes whenever we get started. Okay. And, you know, I was going to ask you this later, but if people want to um, you know, like where's the best place to stay up to date on what Black Hills is doing for these different initiatives? Oh boy. I would just follow Black Hills InfoSec on Twitter. Um, I, I would say follow me. You, you can, if you want, but I'm very hit and miss with Twitter. Like I spend time on Twitter. I get sucked into Twitter. I get depressed. I start throwing things and then I'm off Twitter for like three weeks. Uh, but the Black Hills InfoSec Twitter feed is a great place. Um, and also LinkedIn. 
Uh, we do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. Um, we also have mailing lists. If you ever join any of our webcasts, um, you know, you sign up, subscribe for a webcast, you're on our mailing list. And we don't try to sell you, like, sorry, we don't try to sell you stuff. Uh, it's basically, here's more free training, a free webcast on this topic. And uh, it's all education, all killer, no filler. I love it. And uh, I also dropped in chat, or my bot did, um, the Discord. So yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, John, but like I literally uh, pump the Black Hills Discord every time I talk about Discord or networking within the community because I think your Discord or Black Hills Information Security's Discord is just phenomenal in the content, the scope, the community. I know you you have uh, community leaders in there who kind of police it and keep it a nice, safe space for everybody to be included. And, and you know, I, I love your Discord server, frankly. Yeah, we can't take a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, Jason and Deb uh, did an amazing amount of work setting it up. But boy, once we gave kind of a safe space and we kind of promoted community leaders, it just took off. Um, I think right now in Discord, I have 785 unread messages. It's it's <laughs> just like, it's like Twitter to me. It's like, I just don't want to go there. Um, but really, whenever I see people that are trying to get a job and other people are helping out or they get stuck on a technical problem in a cyber range, like try hack me or hack the box, they're helping out. And it's, it's a little bit humbling whenever you realize there's something like 48,000 people on our really? Discord servers across all of the different properties. It's... Um, one of those things that's working and we're like don't touch it it's working just leave it alone because we're constantly afraid of screwing it up but yeah that is a great place to go as well awesome and i see your mods in our chat right now uh answering questions so uh, appreciate <laughs> you bringing yeah i appreciate you bringing bringing your uh your crew with you uh into our stream so john is it is it okay if we uh give away some stuff oh let's do it i love giving away stuff for free like like All we right, say cool. probably Probably sucking at capitalism at BHS. Actually, I have that shirt. Hold on. So cue okay. it up. I'll go get the shirt. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, let's do it. All right, guys. So this is this part where we're going to be doing giveaways. We've got two awesome giveaways today. Uh, the first one is going to be a... Here, let me get this up. The first one is going to be a um, TCM Academy. There you go, sucking at capitalism. First one is going to be a TCM Academy uh, course, uh, compliments of Russell Brinson, member of the Simply Cyber community. He, nice. You get to choose whichever, uh, whichever of the TCM Academy courses you want. So thank you to him for that donation. And then the other one is from Cyber Supply Drop, Josh Mason and his crew. Uh, they will be paying, um, like basically, I know it's pay what you can, but maybe even that is a challenge, right? So Josh Mason's going to eliminate any or cyber supply drops going to eliminate any issues with this and uh, pay for your enrollment and get you access to all the stuff that you need. So thank you to cyber supply drop. Go ahead and hit hashtag BHIS to enter the, the uh, raffle. Go ahead and put it in there. And while you guys are queuing up your hashtag BHIS, let's play five questions with John Strand. Okay. Let's do it. Now, John, John, I know a lot of people know this, but if you're new here, the format is I have five custom buzzers that I have made, and we'll 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 tease them out before we get into it. Uh, but I'll be asking John five different questions. He'll have about a minute to respond. If there's some time, maybe I'll weigh in on them. But it's a lightning round with John Strand. So let's check out what our buzzer options are, okay, John? And just so everyone knows, these are drops of John Strand, the cybersecurity guy, not the model. Uh, saying different things at different situations, okay? So here's our first drop, John. 
mom, 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 mom. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's uh that's uh John uh beaconing uh to a C2 server. Okay. Yep. This one is my favorite, this next one. Did you think that you were gonna be defending the internet with a Nintendo power glove like Hacker Man? Yep. Where did you pull that one out? Oh my god, uh, that's yeah. an old one. I okay. think like CringleCon Keynote 17. Oh my god. Okay. Gosh. Okay. All right. Now, now this one, this one does have a bit of a backstory, and it's going to be difficult to hear people, but it, it is an amazing story that, uh, of when John took a family trip to the red light district um, in, by accident in Germany. Don't turn on the televisions. Okay. So don't turn on the television. Word of advice from the uh, innkeeper. There yeah, when, you're, in when you're in the red light district, all of the all of the channels are bad for kids. Every yes. one of them. Our fourth buzzer option today. The thing that terrifies me is the nuns. Yeah, gotta watch out for those nuns. <laughs> and and just just so people don't start thinking you're like anti-religious, that is in regards to MITRE attack doing testing on EDR solutions and where there were gaps found by the EDR. So none. There was none yeah. found, yeah. no, no none. findings. I so. didn't find anything here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we got people like, oh my God, he hates religion and he hates capitalism. Oh yeah. How does he think they right. pay for that shirt? <laughs> Our final buzzer option today. It's not how any of this works. It's not how any of this works. I always like one that seems to mock the show that you're on right now. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get going. Did you think that you were going to be defending the internet with a Nintendo Power Glove like Hacker Man? All right. So, John, um, what is, what's your go-to InfoSec tool? Like, what's something in your toolbox that has, like, wearings on it because you've handled it so much? Um, I tend to go... Okay, so there's a bunch of them, right? We're going to go through them quickly. VMware, I use constantly. Like, when I'm in a browser, um, I'll hit Control and Alt to get out of a tab incorrectly. That's how much time I spend inside of VMs. Um, PowerShell, a lot of time in PowerShell, but if I'm looking at a tool, a specific tool, uh, you got to go to Nmap. Uh, you know, Theodore has done an amazing job to have a tool that's like the number one tool for the entire history of computer security. Basically, Nmap is just a tool that I'm using constantly. Yeah, I agree 100%. Nmap, um, it's it's so it's like one of the first tools you learn, especially because reconnaissance is like one of the first steps of the of the kill chain. If you want to do that, it was featured yeah. in the Matrix, famously. Yep. Uh, yep. Also, SSH nuke, very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The thing that terrifies me is the nuns. Yep. All right. So, John, red is red, or offensive security uh, for those. Uh, is seen as the sexy side of InfoSec. You know, a lot of people, that's how they, they portray it. Is it actually sexy? Yes and no. Um, I don't think it's as sexy as it was. Um, and, and the reason why I think it, like people thought it was sexy is because we were a bunch of a-holes and we were just really, really confident. If you go back like 10, 15 years, conferences were constantly like, I can hack that, I can hack that, I can hack that. And maybe it was sexy, but really I just think that we were being jerks and a bunch of people on the red team have started migrating over to the blue and have spent time with the blue. We've also self-regulated ourselves a little bit on the red team. Um, so to be perfectly honest, if we're going to look at what red is, red is pretty cool. But do you like writing books? Because if you don't, you're going to learn to love it. Because if you're going to be on the red team, you're going to be reporting and you're going to be writing a lot. Um, so really, I do think it's awesome. Um, I don't think it's quite as cool as we thought it was at the time. I think 
Oh, we were just sucking up all the oxygen in the community. And uh, I'm, I'm glad, once again, more voices. I think blue team, blue team is probably more sexy than red team right now. Yeah. And I would agree, like blue has definitely come a long way in, in, in their options. And, you know, I guess to kind of tie into active defense and cyber deception, I mean, you got a whole arsenal of doing cool stuff, um, you know, out of that course. Okay. Mom, 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 mom. Okay, so what's fun question, John? What's something un unusual or odd that you've eaten? Something unusual or odd that I've eaten? Probably the strangest thing I've eaten would be Rocky Mountain oysters. Um, I grew up in a in a ranching community. Um, I have cows, uh, so you know if anybody is like you know, I go someplace they're sizzling up something on a ranch and like here eat it. Yeah, you're not. This is this is this is this doesn't bother me. Um, but that's for me, that's what I grew up, uh, grew up with. That's the place I grew up with. You know, I remember some of my earliest memories is, uh, this is going to be horrible, but some of my earliest memories are like running around in the snow and picking up, you know, the part of the animal that got cut off, collecting them in a bucket so that my, uh, my grandfather would fry them up and then we'd eat them. Didn't even really quite rationalize what the hell that was, but it was normalized. Uh, so yeah, that would probably be the strangest thing that I've eaten. The other thing that's very, very, very strange that I eat is I love peanut butter on my pancakes. And some people, uh, they, they're really horrified by that. It's not as bad as pineapple on pizza, but it's definitely strange. Oh, you're in that camp. Okay. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I see peanut butter on waffles and no one bats an eye, but, you know, peanut butter on pancakes, somehow that's the, the hill people want to mm -hmm. die on? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I was in New York and uh, I was in a diner and I asked for peanut butter. And the waitress was kind of giving me some static. I'm like, back up now. You live in New York City. Like, this is the weirdest thing you've seen today, right now. And she's like, good point. Shut up and eat. I'm like, rock on. So I love it. I love it. The thing that terrifies me is the nuns. So have you ever accidentally hacked something out of scope? Yep. Uh, multiple times, actually. Um, most of the time, whenever... <laughs> I know I shouldn't give that answer. There's marketing departments for other companies that are like, you know, big five consulting firms like, yes, we've got him. Um, so most of the time when that happens, you're going after a, a, like a range of IP addresses that the customer gave you, but they screwed up. Um, or sometimes they own the IP range and it's not right. So we were pen testing a casino uh, once and they gave us their range. And uh, we went through, we gained access to a NAS server uh, and we started looking at the data in the range that they had given us. Turns out it was for a completely different casino. And uh, we freaked out. We actually went to the uh, customer immediately. And we're like, hey, we were, we, were, we were scanning this Class C. And we managed to hack into this other casino that's down the street from you. And they're like, oh, good, good. Yeah, that's all our IP space. But we lease it out to other casinos. Could you break into all of the IP addresses and let us know which casino owns which IP address? Yeah, that, that was a big no. Um, that was an excellent opportunity to fire a customer at that point. Yeah, you're basically uh, Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven. I, I like yeah, it. But by mistake, right? You're like, <laughs> the hell are we doing on Circus Circus? I don't know what this is. So. I love it. Did you think that you were going to be defending the internet with a Nintendo Power Glove like Hacker Man? Exactly. That's what the sexy side of red looks like. Power yeah. glove. Final, final question, John. In, you know, Backdoors and Breaches, the tabletop incident response simulation game the Black Hills Information Security has developed. 
Um, it, it's got a lot of fun cards, but is, is there a card that won't make it into the game that you, you would, you, you like, or you think would be interesting? Um, we don't really have a big filter whenever it comes to that. Like, we're not like, Oh, that will never ever be in the game. Um, I, some that were close, right? Like the one that, uh, had to do with somebody eating fish, uh, the entire team had fish and they got food poisoning. Um, you know, the, the, the success of this incident is completely dependent on finding someone that didn't have the fish, uh, for dinner. Um, some of those we, we've kind of batted back and forth. Like, is that too flippant or is it, you know, is it getting to the point where it's stretching credibility, uh, those types of things. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had some cards that we've kind of worked through. Um, there is one card that we batted around, but we, we kicked out was the extortion card. Um, we thought it would be a fun card to create like somebody getting kidnapped and, uh, you know, they're basically extorting their password and, um, that we did the art for it and the art was kind of funny. And then we realized that we were laughing and talking about creating something that involved kidnapping of another human being. And then we coupled that with the fact that one of our people on our team was like, has this literally ever happened that you're aware of? And we're like, no, the card got ejected. Um, so that would be the card that didn't make it, but the art was pretty funny. Um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, if, if we, it was based on, uh, Dolly Parton was in a movie, uh, called nine to five, uh, way back in the eighties. And basically they end up kidnapping their boss and doing extortion on their boss to make their working conditions better and all that. And it was based on that theme. And I realized now years later that I probably shouldn't take 80s comedies for any sense of advice for anything in companies because, you know, the reality of that situation is they're all going to prison for the rest of their lives. So that card didn't make it. Nice. Yeah. A lot of those movies don't seem to age well. I watched Die Hard uh, over Christmas and no. some, yeah. some interesting things in there that you may not remember. Yeah. So, but so that, that does it for our five questions with John Strand. Thanks, John, for playing. We're going to do the raffle now. Like a mouse. All right, let's move. Let's move. We're going to be raffling off. This is for the TCM Academy uh, course. You'll you'll connect with uh, Russ Brinson on Discord afterwards to get it. But let's go. Good luck to everybody, okay? Nice job, Jeff. Jeff, winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, Jeff, connect with me on Discord or LinkedIn, and I'll get you set up with uh, with Russ there. Okay, next. Now, this is for uh, enrollment, uh, courtesy of Cyber Supply Drop, for the Pay What You Can uh, Active Defense Cyber Deception, which is in just a couple weeks here. So good luck to uh, whoever. We're giving away uh, something that you could literally get for free. Good luck, everybody. Yeah, yeah good luck, everybody. Chris Mader, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Nice job, Chris. Connect with me or Josh Mason on Discord um, in order to get your prize. I, I will point out, though, John, I know you could pay nothing and get access to this, but at the higher tiers, um, there oh. is like some some longevity that you get access to because because yeah. I, I know because yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? So what what, what Je uh, the second person won? Uh, they get access to six months in our cyber range with Meta CTF. So. It's not just the class, but six months of cyber range access as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Chris Mader, winner, winner. So um, a question I had, John, I was thinking about it. So 
I like to think of things like the the full picture of things, right? So um, I don't have any uh, practical skills or like I'm, I'm pivoting or, or whatever my situation is and taking this class is going to help me, okay? What kind of things can I take with me into practice going forward? And I, and I know the reason I ask about it is because you had mentioned uh, in one of your talks about some work you did at Pepperdine University uh, where you were able to locate... Um, you know, yeah, one of the students the, the, that was trying to hack yeah, us. Yeah. 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 I mean, you weren't there, but you know what I mean? Like, I guess nope. I'm, I'm just to, to go full circle. Like, so someone c completes this course, what can they, like, what can they instantly start doing besides get a job, right? Maybe you're a practitioner already like myself. Like I said, instantly you can start implementing things in your environment that'll detect your next attack. So many times post-exploitation attacker hits the network, net user space forward slash domain, dumps the users, does a for loop or puts it into a PowerShell script to basically do a password spray of like say winter 2022 on every single user account and bang, they elevate, you've caught them. Because as soon as they try to authenticate to that honey account, you've got them. Uh, creating different services where an attacker will sit on that service and try to attack it. Just this morning, um, we had somebody from uh, some bug bounty program, I think it was Hacker HackerOne. Uh, they were like, hey, we found a vulnerability in this one web server of BHIS and the SSH version where I can do all of these things, they just spent like two hours in a honeypot um, and they wanted money. And uh, you know that's, that's the type of stuff that you can take away from this class. And what I want you to think of is, I want you to think of threat intelligence, okay? Threat intelligence is trying to take knowledge of attacks and apply it to your defensive posture and your detective capabilities. Most of your threat intelligence today comes from threat intelligence that was gleaned from other attacks on other networks weeks, months, or years ago. When you implement cyber deception and active defense, you're actually getting cyber threat intelligence on what the attackers are doing in your environment right now. So it's active cyber threat intelligence and it works great. So that's what you can get out of it. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the main drivers that I'm taking it uh, personally because, <laughs> you know, like just... The the weird thing about being a defender in cybersecurity is you can't prove a negative, right? So you could mm -hmm. be compromised and you you think that you're all secure, right? You can't prove a negative, but if you have these tripwires, these these bells that go off, um, you can, you know, like have some efficacy in your controls or or efficacy in the controls that didn't work, uh, frankly. And I, I will tell you too, John, I I don't know if you've done it so many times that the the spice has it, it's not a spicy addition anymore but anytime uh like canary tokens basically anytime a canary token pops and you get notified it's like sherlock holmes like the game is afoot like you're, yeah. you're instantly like ready to rock and roll and and hunt down the baddie yep, yep. i love it and, so, it and it makes it fun you're not just waiting for some horrific thing to happen you're actually you have some control over your destiny yeah. So Ty asked a really good question. And I think, I think it really is applicable to this overall conversation. You know, he, he's asking what would be, you know, he's learning some of the things that you would learn in the pay what you can courses. But if someone went through the three courses, what might be some jobs or, or, you know, roles that they might be best suited to take on? Yeah. You're not going to be able to jump straight into a uh, pen tester role. That's, that's a long, that's a long career. Um, I actually have a video online called your five-year cybersecurity plan to getting to being a pen tester and what you should be focusing on. So that's a much longer answer to this question. It's an hour long webcast, but 
Um, one of the things, if you get through this, you're going to be perfectly adept if you're good with these skills to jump in and be a cyber defender, you know, be a SOC analyst, uh, be an IT security analyst for a bank or a credit union somewhere, or a medical institution. You're going to have those core skills to actually be effective in your job right out of the gate. I love it. And the chat chat's being funny. Like I, I become the IDS, like that's, that's yeah. the way to go. We want yeah. someone to uh, uh, play a riff on, on one of those sweet axes you got going on in the background. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's good, good chat up here in, uh, in chat. So John, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know you had talked about the bright space, uh, and moving over to that platform. And I think you, you may have mentioned this, but I personally, I'm curious, there's three courses now, like what's the long-term roadmap for anti-siphon and oh, so the, the model. So that's great. So there's three pay what you can classes that are full two day classes. Those are all mine. And then Joff has one for regular expressions. That's four hour. Chris Breton has some for packet analysis. Um, and then Hal Pomerantz has some for Linux that he's doing. Um, but in addition to that, if you look, we have creating your own implants with Joff Thayer. We have a red teaming class by Michael Allen. We have an applied purple teaming class that's by uh, Kent and Jordan. So we have a lot of other classes that aren't necessarily pay what you can. Still very inexpensive, like less than $550. Um, so they're out there, they're available, but they're all going to be available on Brightspace. Um, but just mine will be pay what you can. And there will be a floor cost for my classes just to cover the cost of serving up things and people cutting things up and loading them onto the Brightspace platform. But the, the plan for anti-siphon is lots and lots of uh, very solid security training that has labs and hands-on. Um, it's accessible. We also have wikis that we have at BHIS for pen testing, for web app, for you know working through an incident. We're gonna make those available through the courses as well. Um, so basically we wanna create this training platform. It's basically like Udemy Plus, where Udemy, you have great like training. Cyber Mentor did a lot of stuff at, at Udemy, uh, but we wanna add in the hands-on dynamic. We wanna add in the labs. We wanna add in the, uh, the updates. And I haven't told anybody this yet, but I can tell your people um, also the training is going to be for life. So if you buy a class from us, you get lifetime access and all of the updates are included in that initial cost, um, which is hilarious. That's a great marketing thing, but the reality is people almost never buy a class twice. So, mm -hmm. um, but we want people to keep coming back for those updates and keep being part of the ecosystem, getting into our discord server because we really want people just to get better. So that's, what's on the roadmap and that's going to be hitting, hitting, uh, February. Awesome. Yeah. That's just right around the corner. So, I mean, people, you know, I know base has, has dropped the link in chat several times. Seriously consider if, if your schedule can allow it, money is not uh, a barrier anymore. Money is not an option. So, yeah. Okay. If you have bandwidth, check it out. Like I know I'm going to be in it. I know a couple other people from the simply cyber community will be in it. I'm sure we'll be talking in discord during the training about how good it is, John, but um, this is an opportunity to, to take advantage and really better yourself professionally and maybe open up some opportunities for you that you may not have had access to prior. So uh, I'm really, you know, in, in deep appreciation, John, for what you do and for what Black Hills Information Security, the, the collective that it is, what you guys do for the community. It's very, very um, just it's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. And it's appreciated what you're doing as well. Um, the more we get out there, the more we do stuff like this, the better chance we have of stopping that huge cyber crisis that we all know is looming on the horizon. So let, let's get out there. Let's get trained. Because education is always the answer. 
I love it. So, John, I'd like to give you an opportunity uh, to, you know, solo stage, whatever you want to say. The floor is yours uh, for kind of closing thoughts. So I've already pimped a lot of our stuff anyway. Um, so I'm going to leave, leave you with this. Um, the industry used to suck, folks. Um, you'll hear a lot of us wax nostalgic about the way it was back in the early days of DEF CON when it was the wild, wild west. It wasn't good. We weren't kind to each other. We weren't really uplifting each other. You were either in the club or you were out of the club. We tore each other down and it was, it was a mess. It took a lot of effort behind the scenes that many of you will never know for a large number of us gray beards to try to fix that, to make this community a positive place or as positive as we can make it. Now there's always gonna be a-holes, okay? You're always gonna have someone on Twitter that's gonna say something racist, misogynistic, mean, uh, disparaging, put it, you're always gonna have those people. They're always gonna be there, we're not gonna solve that. But by and large, this industry is far better than it ever was before. So I ask you this, I'm getting old, so are a lot of us. You need to carry this forward. And how we carry this forward is constantly lifting each other up. How we carry this forward is we don't look at people at noobs. We don't put people down about what they do or do not know. We don't put them down about where their background is and how they come into it. We constantly seek to lift each other up. That's the easy part. The hard part that I'm going to ask for all of you is this. Whenever the a-holes show up, don't give them oxygen. Don't feed the trolls. You don't win points by going and tearing them down on Twitter or ripping them apart on Discord because they said something stupid. You don't, you're, not, you're not virtuous. Taking a stand on Twitter is not a virtue. I'm going to leave you with this. Whenever you have those people that are the negative influences in this community, ignore them. Don't feed the trolls. Don't give them oxygen. Or as I like to say, just don't party with those people and they'll go away. And that's all I got. Thank you. Uh, sage words from you, John. And, uh, you know, really a good way to, to move forward as we continue to grow the community in a positive direction. So thank you for being here. Uh, normally I'd send you off, but, you, you know, you're such a great guest. I'd love to have you here while I uh, share what we'll be talking about next week on Simply Cyber. I've got to get out of here and pick up kids from school. It's like 12 degrees and they're freezing. So I got to go. Talk to you all later. Thank you so much. All right. Be good. Thanks, John. All right. So that was John Strand, just an amazing individual. Next week on Simply Cyber Live, we have uh, a really great guest, Mike Jones, the haunted hacker himself. Uh, he's going to be coming on. You know, he's a very, very, um, you know, experienced professional cybersecurity practitioner, a lot of offensive security skill, going to be bringing his knowledge. But really the focus of this conversation uh, next week, yeah, we'll get into some tech stuff. But when I talk to Mike, what we're going to be talking about is he basically was in a situation uh, where he needed to completely start over. And in cybersecurity, we always talk about um, breaking in, right? How do I break in? How do I pivot from military? How do I pivot from stay-at-home mom? How do I graduate college and then go off? How do I graduate high school and go off and do it? He actually had to redo it all over again and break in again, even though he was there. And it's a story of redemption. It's a story of reinventing himself. He's absolutely crushing it now. And he's going to share that story with us because I find it personally inspiring. And I truly believe that you will as well. Uh, we're going to have a good time with Mike. I hope you can join us as usual, everybody. Um, every morning, we're doing the first things first. Um, 
you know, cybersecurity headlines. So definitely if you're around and you're interested, come check that out. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Simply Cyber. Special uh, thanks to John and uh, the Black Hills group. They did wonderful today. All right, everybody. Until next time, stay secure. <music>